I'm Deb Kuykendall. And I'm Jacob Kuykendall. I'm Karen Hernandez. And this is The Decades Podcast, a podcast where we watch two movies, one from a previous decade and one from the 2010s. And this season we are covering horror movies. I hope you enjoy the show. Heck yeah, you'll enjoy the show. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's New Year's Day. Yeah. Uh, we watched two movies today. We watched uh, The Boy from 2015. Mm-hmm. Not to be cons- not to be confused with The Boy from 2016. Or about a boy. <laughs> or about a boy <laughs> or boy. <laughs> uh, and then for our older movie, we just made it into the 70s. We watched a movie from 1976 called Yay. Alice, Sweet Alice. We made it into the area of movies I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Although there was a woman in this movie who I kept pointing out. She very briefly appeared. She was a film star in the 30s. She was the therapist. She was not the therapist. Who she was the pathologist. Oh. I mean, very briefly in the movie. Her oh, was she Her the... name is Lillian Roth. Oh, the one that was kind of summarizing Alice's mental state? No, that was the analyst. Uh, oh. The pathologist was just briefly shown she was doing an autopsy on the father. Oh, yes. And then she stuck that doohickey in his in mouth. His mouth and she found <laughs> a cross. Oh. Uh, oh, and I'm, uh, the other person in this movie who is well-known is Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah. That's her Tiny. first movie. She was oh, baby. Uh, 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old, I think. The movie was released in, well, it went, it like made the circuit of festivals or whatever in 1976. Alice, yeah, Alice, Sweet Alice. And then in 78, it was released. Uh, and then it was re-released in 81 after Brooke Shields became well-known. Famous. Yeah. She grew into those eyebrows, I tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> Uh, Is that creepy? A little bit. Okay. (laughs) Before we dig into it, why did you pick these two? I've never heard of either of these. I picked Alice Sweet Alice. Um, Well, I I wanted us to do a slasher movie, right? Yeah. And I had, you know, I dug around. um, There are lots of movies from the 70s. We could have watched Carrie. Mm -hmm. We could have watched, I don't know. Friday the 13th, the 70s? Or Halloween, uh, one of those, or that eighties. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Um, but you know, a lot of there's a lot of famous movies from the seventies. Yeah. How did I find Alice Sweet Alice? I had, can't even remember now. <laughs> I'm glad movie. you found it though. I, I mean, a lot of people have seen Carrie, but not a lot right. of people have seen this. And it, this is um, almost in the same kind of unsettling theme yeah. as Carrie was. I think that this totally like. I've seen Halloween. This reminded me a lot of it, but I don't think it was any way worse. Like, this totally could have been the movie that took off, I think. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. the killer kind of doesn't really hold together of, that It's great. more of a cult following for this movie. Yeah. Then, uh, so it's not all that well-known. But I get it. Like, after we saw it, I was like, oh, I see why that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Now, people the, liked. Now, the real problem was that, that I picked the boy, which, yeah. uh, that you know, a, a couple days ago I said, don't watch it yet because I need to do some research. Because I thought, well, we've got a slasher movie from the 70s. Why do we not have a slasher movie from modern times? Because that's a real, mm-hmm. you know, that's a genre that we, yeah. that's pretty um, solidly established by this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but then I decided, no, I said we were going to watch The Boy and we, yeah. we were just going to go forward. Shall. I thought there were some comparable themes here. Should we do a summary? Yeah, I was going to say, which one do we start with? We normally start with the older one. Mm-hmm. So okay. we should start with Alice, Sweet Alice, although it's, I think it's a little, it's got kind of a confusing storyline and yeah. maybe difficult to summarize. Brooke Shields plays Karen? Mm-hmm. Spages. Spages. Karen Spages. Spages. 
and her mother is Catherine. The father's name is Dom. They're they're separated. He has a he is married to someone else. He's not. He doesn't appear at the beginning of the movie. And then there's Alice. Uh, Alice is obviously jealous of her sister. She they're tortures both like her. Ish. I think Alice is supposed to be twelve. The actress okay. is actually nineteen at the time. What? Yeah. Wow. Definitely menstruating. Yeah. Uh, but Brooke Shields was playing her age. She was um, actually ten or eleven. So anyway, it's it's the it's the Brooke Shields character's Karen's first communion. They all go. It's a very Catholic family. Yeah. Very religious. There's a lot of Catholic uh, iconography in the film. Yes. In fact, they spend a lot of time in church. Yeah. Uh, the opening scene, I think, is the one where they're visiting the father, Father Tom, and he gives a crucifix to the good the, daughter. Yeah. To Karen. As a girl. kind of like a communion present, you're getting your first communion. Yes. Here's his necklace. And Alice is obviously quite jealous of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and at, at the beginning, she Alice is wearing a yellow raincoat, and she goes off to go to the bathroom or something, and then... Uh, she scares the housekeeper. The, and the house that they're in is the house where all the priests from the church live. Yeah, it's uh, a very confusing situation, like living situation that's yes. not well explained. So Mrs. Tredoni, the housekeeper, is wa- is washing the floor on her hands and knees, and then she's suddenly startled by this figure in a yellow raincoat wearing this translucent mask. Yeah, it's pretty horrible mask. mask. Um, a real, one, what, Michael Myers? I mean, he does. it it's also it, yeah, looks like... It Halloween. obscures your face. Yeah. Um, it was popular mask. At, I guess the the other weird thing about this movie is it takes place in the 60s. Hmm. For some reason, he made it a 1960s period piece, although it's made in 1976. It is weird. Um, and I, I read an interview uh, with him, and he said he just he knew the 60s real well, so that's why he <laughs> said it in that time. Okay. But he didn't know his time. <laughs> Not thought the 70s. Yes, that's weird. Um, there's a lot. I have some things to say about. It. The director of this film. Okay. But anyway, so it's First Communion. Karen is getting ready to go out and get her communion, and she is murdered. Yeah. By a, someone in a yellow raincoat wearing a translucent mask. Translucent? Or yeah. Transparent? No, it's translucent. You can kind of see a little bit of the features in it, but not really. So she's murdered and put into some kind of pew, uh, pew or bench, well, bench or something, and then just lit to... on fire. Can I interrupt for a second? Sure. There is a scene earlier where Alice tricks Karen to come upstairs and jumps out at her wearing a yellow raincoat and the mask. And the mask. So she's already, in like, fact, is, spooked wasn't Karen. wasn't she wearing two masks yes, in that she is. scene? Yes, she She's wearing a mask. So she the... takes off the translucent mask, and there's another scary mask underneath it. Where yeah, does this girl awesome. get all these masks? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Karen gets killed very quickly towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Then they have a funeral. The police start investigating... Oh, this is going to be hard. Yeah, yeah it the is father, complicated. The police start investigating. Meanwhile, um, people are suspecting Alice, including her wicked aunt. Oh, her aunt is just... She's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's terrible. Yeah, her aunt is terrible, and um, there's a weird landlord <coughs> in the movie who's also very creepy and gross and reminds me of my old landlord. And has lots of kittens. Mm-hmm. Has lots of kittens and has a uh, really gross stain on his crotch he looks like a character out of a horror movie yep, yeah he sure do um so she um people are starting to suspect alice um she she i'm skipping a lot around here but um she goes into psyche she goes for a psychiatric evaluation she has to stay in a well this is before that happens the she her aunt is is bullying her and then her aunt goes down the stairs and the 
person in the mask stabs around in the leg a bunch of times. Oh, that was horrible. And the aunt goes, it's Alice. Alice stabbed me. Uh, but she couldn't see who stabbed her. No. So the person's wearing the mask. It's just what Alice wore, what she's seen Alice wear. Yes, we've definitely seen Alice wear this outfit, this mm. raincoat. Then they take Alice in for yeah, so then, psychiatric yeah. counseling and a lie detector she's test. She's admitted. Yes. Before or after the lie detector test. I don't know. It's all also, kind of oh, mush. yeah, the lie detector test is after the aunt gets stabbed. That's mm-hmm. when they're interviewing her, and she says that Karen did it, mm-hmm. even though everybody knows Karen's dead. Yeah. For some reason, Alice thinks Karen is oh, because the landlord tells her there's a ghost. That Karen's ghost is going to yeah. haunt her. Yeah. Uh, so she thinks Karen. Apparently, she thinks Karen stabbed her aunt. Um, and there's a there's a scene where. When the aunt is being stabbed, you see her get stabbed in the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director specifically chose to do that because of he wanted it to be a vulnerable spot that people could relate to. Yeah, that um, works. He had said, you know, I, I, something. He had said something along the lines of people getting stabbed. Uh, you know, I I don't have any familiarity with that, mm-hmm. but but there are other kinds of painful things that can happen to people where I. Where I have a visceral oh. response he to it. Chose the right spots. Yeah. He chose the foot. He chose the thigh. She got stabbed right in the thigh, and that was awesome. He yeah, chose the, like the in right fact, middle of the neck. Karen and I were oh. responding so uh, screamily, screamily to the scene <laughs> where she's getting stabbed that it scared the dog. The dog started shivering and running dog over ran to check over on this everybody. Run Karen and was yes. trembling. Comfort dog. Um, so anyway, yeah, Alice gets admitted. We hear the analyst describing that she's schizophrenic and could definitely do terrible things. You still are suspecting Alice at this point. The father, The father suddenly stumbles into the movie. Yeah, the father shows up, and then uh, they start... Somebody thinks that maybe Agnes, who is the daughter of the aunt who got stabbed... Angela. ...is, is responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the father gets a phone call from Angela saying, meet me in this weird place. Meet me at this building. <laughs> Um, and I have the necklace. Oh, because the necklace that uh, Karen had been given for her first communion gift disappeared when she died. Yes. So Alice originally took that neck, or the person who killed yeah. Karen originally took that necklace. Who we assume is Alice, Alice. for the longest time. And all evidence points to it being Alice. Until the father meets with, he goes to meet whoever it is. Yeah. And whoever it is is sneaking around in this building. With her yellow raincoat and mask on. Yeah. With her yellow raincoat and mask. He, and she's sort of hiding. And that was pretty creepy. I thought that yeah. whole scene was pretty creepy. He gets stabbed once in the shoulder and falls down some stairs. Shakes it off. And then mm-hmm. he goes up to see you know, who, who he thinks is Agnes. Angela, sorry. Yeah. Who he thinks is Angela. And to be clear, Angela has barely appeared in this movie. She's yeah. just the cousin that no one really cares about because she eats too much cake. Yeah, I don't know if she has any lines in the movie. Yeah, she did have some lines. There was a scene where Karen and Angela were going to go down to the basement, and they were being followed by Angela's brother, I uh, assume. Yeah. The brother, he, yeah, he said a couple things, too. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, she says, we don't want you to follow us, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people in the movie. Some of them didn't seem to have any reason to exist. There were, like, four priests. Yeah. With different faces. Many I don't of them know what their names were. Introduced with like character traits and then yes, never and seen then again. Either seen briefly or not at all. He so the, the so dad he goes up to the top floor, whoever's up there is hiding. He goes he says, You don't need to be afraid of me, and then she hits him in the face with a rock. 
yeah. lot of times. A bunch of times. And then yeah. in the teeth. And then starts <sighs> explaining why. And it turns out it's not Alice. No. He this rips is, the mask off. And then we find out it's Mrs. Tredoni, the housekeeper for, for all the, the priests. priests. And, <laughs> to this point, he's not been in the movie hardly at all. And she, uh, Oh, while he's knocked out, she ties him up. And she's rolling him towards this big open door yeah. uh, at the on the top floor to push him out of the building. It's not really clear why, but she just is going to. Well, she yells at him why. She's angry because he and um, Karen and Alice's mother had premarital sex, and she's Catholic. Catherine. Oh, yeah, Catherine, yes. <laughs> Alice's mother's name is Catherine. Okay, so she's that upset that Catherine and Dom had premarital sex. She calls Catherine a whore, and she calls... Dom, I don't know what she calls him, but she kills him. Yeah, but she kills him. I was gonna. Uh, I was actually more confused out. why she's pushing him out this window. She pushes him out these doors, which are on the top floor, and he falls. And he has he, bitten off her crucifix and yes, swallowed it. Mouth. She tries to get it out by breaking his teeth. But yes, she can't do but it. she fails. Why does she want that? Is it evidence? Yes, it is evidence. They, which okay. is why he bites it. I, okay. That's my assumption. They use it to exonerate Alice shortly after. Oh, okay. All right, so she kills him. The movie kind of peters out just yeah. entirely. It was for... going great guns for a while, and then then there's just this long stretch of... Nothingness. Yep. They, they basically <laughs> need to get from, okay, you know who the killer is, to the end of the movie, so... Uh, and you find out, like, halfway through the movie. There's you still do. another half. So yeah, and that's when I fell asleep. The, um, <laughs> the mother visits Mrs. Trebondi? Trebondi. Tre- Tredoni. Tredoni. Yeah, Mrs. Tredoni. Visits Mrs. Tredoni and yeah, forces her way in too. Uh, because she's concerned where did her... Oh, her husband, dis- or her ex-husband disappeared. Yeah, Dom has disappeared. Uh, Mrs. Tredoni is like, fine, you can stay here, and threatens her with a knife a little bit. Gives her some coffee, yeah, <laughs> and then threatens her with a fish knife. And she uh, says something like, I was sent here to take care of Father Tom, not, not you. you. Right. She's yeah. jealous of Catherine for some she reason. She thinks that Catherine's a whore, and in addition to having premarital oh, she sex... she says something very important. She says that her daughter was killed on her first communion. Yes. And then she was, was sent, to take care, t- sent to take care of the fathers. They get Alice out of the psychiatric hospital because... The necklace proves that, and the murder of Dom proves that Alice is not the killer. Right, because Alice was uh, admitted at the time, so Mm -hmm. she couldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, Alice, for some reason, puts on the same mask and uh, Rain Crowd again to put a bunch of bugs on the landlord's chest. And then Mrs. Tredoni comes... Catches her. No. uh, But she stumbles into the landlord, who sees he's got bugs and runs into the hallway, and then... Mrs. Tredoni in the mask stabs. Uh, Who sees her face? Oh, does he? Yeah. So he sees Mrs. Tredoni. And stabs. so then she stabs him. And the police are also there, keeping an eye on the place for some reason, and chase down Mrs. Tredoni, uh, who I guess goes to mass. She goes to church. They yeah, all she end goes up, to church. They all end up at church. That's where Alice and Catherine went. This is where I wake up. Yeah, <laughs> they're all lined up for communion, uh, but the priest. He won't give communion to... No, Father Tom talks to the police before he goes in and says, I'll get Mrs. Tredoni. He doesn't say her name, which made it a little confusing. Oh, that does make... I talking, was confused. He's talking to the to the policeman and saying, I'll get her to come out. She won't hurt me because I know her very well and she won't hurt me. Yeah, so I will get her to lady. come out when she comes up for communion. Catherine and Alice go up for communion. Mrs. Tredoni... Pushes her way through the crowd and and sits next or kneels next to Alice, Alice, who does not get communion. 
Nobody this... gets communion. Well, Catherine gets communion. She goes back to her seat. Yeah. Alice doesn't get communion, and then Father Tom leans down to Mrs. Tredoni and says, I need you to come outside. I told the police you would come with me now. <laughs> and she screams that she wants communion, and he says, I can't give you communion right now. You need to come outside with me. Mm-hmm. She screams that you gave communion to that whore and points to Catherine who's back in the pew. And everyone in the church goes, <gasps> Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she stabs the father in the neck. Right in the neck. Right in the neck. Yes. It was, that was quite a surprise. Yeah. And he and and clutches him and he bleeds out while she's being arrested, I, we clutching assume. him. And then they take her away. But she has been carrying this paper bag, which is where she kept the knife and the mask, I guess. Guess so. Some kind of shopping not, bag. Again, and also it's not very clear. Paper. No, yeah. not very clear. But she has been carrying it for a while. Yes. Then Alice, Alice finds picks it, up it and walks. And takes the bloody dead, knife. Dead faced to the, uh, you know, out of the church with the bag and the bloody knife and looks like, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Isn't? But you get the impression that Alice is going to carry on Mrs. Tredoni's good works. I, I guess so. Yeah, I um, definitely got legacy. that impression. Well, and also if you think about it, the whole. Karen being killed on her first communion was a legacy for Mrs. You know, from Mrs. Tredoni, whose yeah, daughter was right. killed on her. You could. I don't know if it's you could well laid or, out in the or movie, if it's but even it's, intended. But yeah, but it's there. Mm-hmm. So that's the movie. Yay! <laughs> um, I can so. do the boy. I think I can do that. I mean, it's there's not much plot. So. Yeah, there's not yeah. much plot. Pretty much, it's this uh, young boy. And his father, who owns in a remote motel. Yeah, they live in a Mount Vista. In the middle of nowhere, motel. It's all kind of. It's like kind of ratty, run down. No one oh, comes sure. anymore. It, it's seen its its heyday come and go. Seems like they're in. Is it Arizona or New Mexico? Somewhere oh, yeah. like that. It's kind of deserty. Yeah, I thought it was somewhere in California, but then again, I I think that often because I'm from California. It's just every a self-centered thing. California. Um. So they're living alone in this motel, and there's not really much contact with people. Um, that what this kid does for kicks and money is he gets roadkill on the road. Yeah, his dad gives and, him a quarter for every piece of roadkill he yes, picks up. Yes, but because the boy um, collects roadkill and his father gives him, like, you know, just change for it. Um, we don't know why. That's never explained. Yeah, so... I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'll tell you afterwards. No, it's not part of the plot. I'll tell you Okay, after. so um, the boy is actually trying to... I forget what his name, Ted... Ted. In the and movie, his name is Ted. And he's just celebrating his ninth, ninth birthday. birthday. And his mother lives in Florida, and he's collecting, the, he keeps the quarters mm-hmm. so he can go to Florida. He Save some money for a bus that. ticket. Um, so he's trying to collect all this roadkill. He figures um, the bigger the roadkill, the bigger the change. I, I don't know. So. He scatters a lot, of, um, a lot of stuff that would attract animals onto the road. Um, That's sort of... I think that sort of evolves. Initially, he just picks up roadkill beside the road, and then he just he gets some potato chips and puts it in the road. And yeah. then at some point, he sees a garbage, deer and he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a deer." Yeah. And he's mad. He's pissed off at his dad. And that's yeah. Why he because his dad was it. playing the song that, that his mom, his used, mom to sing. used to sing or something mm-hmm. at his birthday party, where he gets a cake and nothing else. Yes. Yeah. This behavior eventually eventually lures a deer out onto the road. That deer causes an accident. Um, a motorist is also involved in the accident. That motorist is, turns out to be their first guest in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. I don't know, several dusty yeah, years. They, it's they played by Rain Wilson. Yep. They yep. help him into the... He does not want to go to the hospital. They help, help him into the motel. 
get him cleaned up, um, and then his car's totaled, so he can't. They and they they tow the car the next day to some kind of junkyard. Yeah, nearby junkyard. And yeah. uh, he wants to know where where his car went. Meanwhile, the police are investigating him because they find him suspicious for some reason. Yeah. And there was also a recent event where someone's wife, his had, wife, his wife had died in some electrical fire or something. Yeah. And their so, house burned down. Yeah. And you find out that they were uh, grifters, I guess. They're like insurance fraud artists. Right. So they burned down. That was one mm-hmm. of their things, arson. But I don't think she was supposed to die. No, I don't think so. He seems pretty distraught. Police yes. think that maybe he had murdered her or accidentally murdered her. So um, that happens, and then another family comes to stay at the motel. I guess they were just driving through, and they wanted to spend the night, and no, they're just kind of one of they were hungry or something. Um, they were hungry, and they get some, and the father cooks them some food, which I suspect is the deer. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. Because they. They collect the deer. Oh, I forgot one important part, which is the father, Ted and his father, um, they collect the deer off the road, and his father says, hey, oh, yeah. um, this deer, all this meat shouldn't go to waste. Let's kill, let's um, strip it down into... And he, and he saws off the antlers and gives them to, to Ted. Ted and then prize. Ted watches his yeah. father as he eviscerates this dead deer um, as he shoots the dead deer in the head, eviscerates it, and then um, begins to saw it into meat for eating. And he later serves it. Yes, later serves it to the un- to the unassuming guests of the motel, um, who have a child in tow, who's around Ted's age. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is where you can really start to see these weird psychological... Behaviors in Ted that might not seem very healthy. I, don't know, or... I thought the deer was kind of a yeah, kind of, kind of a red flag. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but this is where he directs it towards another human. Yeah, that's true. It's not an animal; it's a human. And uh, so, um, they Ted, go swimming. Yeah, they go swimming in the free pool, free motel pool. Um, Ted looks as if he is about to drown this kid, but I guess at the last minute lets him go, and the kid just walks away from the pool, all freaked out. Um, uh, and meanwhile, he, I'm not sure where this falls in the storyline, but he goes yeah. with Rain Wilson's character. He takes him to the junkyard where his car is because he, Rain Wilson's wife's ashes are in the car. So he follows Rain Wilson. Oh, you're right. He follows him. But they, they do, become friends eventually. Yeah. Uh, they do have a conversation and he tells him what, he tells him these are my wife's ashes, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He says, they're the ashes, they're in the And spots. he wants to see them and he won't let them. The, Ted wants to see the ashes, and he won't allow it. Oh, and he says something. He says, you know, did you see? Did you get to watch her? At, at this point, we don't know she's died in a fire. It sounds like she was cremated, because yeah. that's what he tells him. He says, mm-hmm. you know, there's different ways that people... Some people are buried, some people are not. Yeah, some people are burned up. And he said, did you get to watch it? Ted says, did you get to watch it? And he says, I don't know what... I don't remember. Oh, I don't but he seems very upset by his wife's death. Not yeah, he's not extremely like he, upset and yeah. is like having breakdowns, right? Unbeknownst to the other characters. And meanwhile, the police are figuring out that he is that arson is you know that he is this grifter who commits these crimes, and his wife died in a fire. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, not in the meantime, but uh, shortly after that, we see Ted mess with the car mess with the family's um car uh so that their car so that they stay at the motel a little bit longer mm-hmm. um he messes with the wires or something ted b has this weird strange behavior of like 
going into people's rooms and watching them sleep and yep. getting very close to them and uh, just being... It's very creepy in a horror movie sort of way. Yes. And he apparently... Was that a was that a knife or a comb that he stole from the family? He stole a comb. Yeah. He I thinks it's a knife, I think, when he first picks it up and then yeah, he pops right. it over it's the a comb. Switch comb. Mm-hmm. And he ends mm-hmm. up keeping it after the family leaves. Right, and he pretends like they left it behind, but I'm pretty he sure totally he just took it from the yeah. car. Yep. And at some point, he also steals the ashes and hides them in the junkyard. Yes. Uh, and he also attempts to kill the junkyard dog. Which scares him earlier. He's he, mad. Yeah, there's a hole. There's a big hole with a bunch of stuff down at the bottom junk. of it. Sharp junk. Sharp junk. Uh, and he covers it with a tarp, and he tries to get the dog to run towards him, but then the junkyard guy comes out and says, Hey, dog, stop barking. Yeah. So he fails to kill the, the junkyard dog. Yeah. But he does not fail to kill someone with that hole later. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So shall we just jump to the part where he lures Rain Wilson's character? <laughs> well, yeah. Rain, I mean, this movie... The Rain Wilson character finds out that the ashes are missing, and he gets very angry and says, Where are her ashes? Which is the point where Ted lures him to the junkyard, and he and Ted, the Rain Wilson character, whose name I can't remember. I can't remember either. Falls into the hole and... We don't see what happens initially. You see later. He doesn't show up again in the movie until. Yeah. Yeah, you see in Ted's memory that he falls into the hole and is. Impaled. Impaled. So the family gets to leave safely after all this. After all this buildup of you think Ted is going to kill this kid. You think Ted is going to kill his parents. It's the life he's never had with his mom and his dad. And he begs people. He begs them Mm -hmm. to take them with him. Mm, They just. They just don't. And then his father tells him news that prom is coming to. The yeah. motel for the after party. And he's like, boys will be boys, girls will be girls. Just leave keep them your head alone. down, don't do anything. <laughs> leave those people, leave the guests alone. And then the the prom king, whatever, I'm going to call him the prom so, yeah, king. Yeah, some guy. The leader of the prom kids uh, harasses the dad. Well, the dad tries to jack the price up. Well, I the, guess that they had negotiated for their stay. He, he, Rain Wilson's still staying there, and the prom guy comes and says, we rented this whole motel, not four out of the five rooms and the dad's like oh well he's li- i can't do anything about it so they get the teen harasses him and asks for a discount which he gets which he gets the father totally folds the father gets hammered and i guess because father... he's depressed yeah I don't know. well he's losing the he's losing the motel yeah he's not going to give it to his son as a legacy he his father built the hotel right his granddad and, built the hotel right and he was he was planning on handing it down to ted but he's losing it yeah he can't pay the bills it's prom night. He gets drunk, Ted, passes out. Yeah, Ted finds a passed out girl in one of the hotel rooms. And he tries to, he's going to suffocate her. Yeah. yeah. Like but he gets discovered and they think he's, you know, fondling her or whatever. The, he gets discovered by the prom king and his friend. Who just beats the crap out of him. The one Asian man in the movie. Yeah. The one person, non-white person yeah. in they, the movie who has lines. They beat the crap out of Ted. A nine-year-old little boy in the gravel. They yes. kick him. Um, Ted goes to his dad and says, "Oh no!" And his dad's like, "What'd you I told do?" You to leave them alone. Yeah, he's drunk. He's mad. He kind of shoves Ted around, and then Ted refuses to clean the rooms. Um, his dad says, "Go clean some room or something." Yeah. And, and then Ted worse. says, "No." Ted tries to sleep, but the kids the the prom kids are making noise, and so yeah, he just lays there. You watch him laying in bed, Staring. listening to all this noise, and then <laughs> and then he kills has, every. He has an idea. Yeah, the yeah. movie. Kind he of goes comes... and puts on the antler thing that he was building. He had built himself a little antler. 
he covers it's, himself with the wife's ashes. takes off all his clothes. Very Lord of the Flies. Zippers underwear. Yeah. Puts on, takes the wife's ashes, rubs them on her face, puts on his antlers. So it's like some sort of ritual that he's doing mm-hmm. that yeah. he's been creating throughout this movie, I guess. I guess. And then he gets some gasoline. some claws with gasoline. He locks he pours, all the doors. Yes. Locks the doors to all the motel rooms from the outside so the kids can't get out. Pours gasoline on all the doors mm-hmm. of the rooms where the teens are. He gets a tennis racket, covers it with a sheet, builds a torch. Yes. Uh, and then he burns down all the rooms with the and, teens in it. And listens to them screaming. Yes. The flames jump over to the office where his dad is passed out. Yeah. And that catches on fire. He goes over and he looks at his, his father through the screen door, who is all blistery and gross. Yeah. He looks he, bad. His father wakes up briefly. They look at each other. They look at each other, and then Ted goes and waits for the fire to burn everything down, He's, which it does. Yeah, the, listening to the screams. That image of Ted through the flames with the antler crown and just with no no soul in his eyes. Yep. It's so creepy. Um, the ambulance comes, the fire department comes, and they save this kid. Who? Yeah. Well, they think they're saving this kid. Um, yeah. I forget what the closing words they were. They say... Do you have any other family? And he says, yeah, I have a mom in Florida. So he gets to oh, Yeah, he gets exactly what he wants by the end. Yay, his dream. All right, so... And, you know, the boy, it's a very gradual escalation of, like, he's doing more and more yes. stuff. The dad and the and, and Rain Wilson in the middle of the movie have a conversation that's like, oh, boy, it sure is lonely to live out here and by ourselves. And his dad ourself. says, don't make friends with my boy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know he's lonely and he likes to make friends with people, but don't make friends with my boy. He's escaped before from the motel. He has, he had made friends before with some girl who had stayed at the motel, and then he stowed away in the family's car um, because he just wanted to leave the motel so badly. Yeah. So the dad says, "Hey, he's got a tendency to try and get really close to people, and then um, and then escape from my care." So, so just stay away, get be, be calm. The reason that I put these two movies together is because I knew that Alice, well, I assumed Alice was the murderer. First off, I had not seen the movie, but yeah. based on what I read about it, like I assumed that she was uh, yeah. some kind of sociopath, which actually she was. Yeah. That yeah. actually part, that part is true. And I knew that the boy was about a burgeoning sociopath. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, maybe these two movies would go together. Those characters actually are very similar, but the yeah. movies and the stories are not. Right. So I, having watched The Boy, it would have been a super good match for The, the Bad Seed. Yes. Uh, both in pacing, <laughs> but it would have been, I it would have been so difficult to watch those two movies because they're both so very slow. Yes. Ugh. The I Boy was so slow. It's this new thing, or maybe it's not a new thing. This. Horror movies where nothing happens, absolutely, but nothing happens in the whole movie. And then at the end, something happens, and you're just, like, trying to savor this morsel as if it's a piece of cake. It's just like, am I supposed to be really impressed by that? I don't know. All right, so we need to talk about the two movies separately. Yeah. We haven't really talked about Alice, Sweet Alice yet. Okay. I want to give you some details about that movie. Yeah. Do it. Uh, So Alfred Soule directed that movie. You really want to talk about this guy. What's up with this guy? So he didn't make very many, he did not direct very many movies. He was working as an architect and he had always wanted to make a movie. He had a lot of wealthy friends that he would play poker with. And they said, we will each give you $5,000, but you have to make an X-rated movie. <laughs> so his first movie, was, friends a, like that. His first movie <laughs> was an X-rated movie called Deep, The Deep Sleep or Deep Sleep. He okay. named it that sort of as an homage to Deep Throat. 
Sure. He didn't want to make an X-rated movie. That's what they were willing <laughs> just, to pay for. Yeah, now he gets a resume. Right. So he made it. It was actually, I guess it was actually pretty popular, but at some point somebody transported it across state lines, which was a federal crime. So all of the copies were confiscated by the FBI. Oh, no. Um, and he didn't see any money from it. Yeah, and I'll, and it won some like awards for huh. X-rated movies because he didn't want to make an X-rated movie, so it had a script. So and he such. actually tried, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but he wasn't a movie maker, right? So that was the first movie he directed. Huh. Alex Sweet Alice was the second movie he directed. He wrote it with his neighbor, um, and her name is in the credits. She also was the production manager for the mm -hmm. movie. There's like people he knows in it. He I, I don't remember how he got Brooke Shields, who was an you know was a model at the time. He called her mom, and she said, sure, Carrie Shields, who was raised Catholic, I believe, also. Okay. Um, and then he, the girl, um, Paula Shepard, who played Alice, he, he saw her at college. She was, like, in a dance class or something, and he said, I, I want you to be in my movie. She seemed good, actually. I she, was she was good. good. She was a good actress. She only made two movies. Yeah. The second movie was, um, oh, now I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Also a cult, something of a cult classic. A horror movie, I think. It is a sci-fi. Like. No. Okay. It's about aliens who come to get heroin and discover <laughs> that they are more, that the pheromones released during orgasm is are, is more um, of a drug for them than heroin. That sounds crazy. That sounds like <laughs> a crazy 70s movie. And I guess they're miniature, too. She was in that movie? She was in that movie. Oh, it's called Liquid Sky. Okay. I think I might even have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> There were some uncomfortable parts of this movie involving what was portrayed as just like kind of child sex mm -hmm. abuse, a not kind of not not pedophilia, yeah, pedophilia. not kind of child sex abuse, yeah, pedophilia and child sex abuse. Um, there was uh, the, the landlord. landlord who was trying to corner Alice and yeah. um, make her, make her in a scene I kind of enjoyed because he corners her so he grabs she grabs one of his kittens and squishes it in her hand and then spikes it into the ground yep. and then runs out while he's gal's gotta confused. do what a gal's gotta do I suppose I it so, was very surprising it wasn't the kitten's fault no it was not the kitten's fault but she looked around and she saw something that could stop him and so she totally stopped him that's kind of one of the interesting things about that movie the fact that Mrs. Tredoni was the murderer was a complete surprise. I had a yeah. couple things I liked about this movie. Surprise! Like, I expected because this was a, oh, who's this masked killer that we wouldn't see, like, Alice wouldn't get implicated till the end, like the bat seat. But the masked killer stabs her aunt, like, 20 minutes into this movie, and the aunt goes, it's Alice, Alice did it. Yeah. And they immediately <laughs> grab Alice and put her in a hospital. And I was well, like, and I guess I don't for know good what's reason, going on. because yeah. she is a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. But she's just not the murderer. <laughs> it just no. happens to not be this time. There was that other part where um, Alice was being subjected to the lie detector test. Yeah. And outside of the room, the man administering the lie detector test to her says, did you check out her tits? Um, I think she wanted me to grope them, blah, blah, blah. Just this, yeah, for no reason. Yeah, yeah in a so scene that goes nowhere. Even though the actress herself is 19, like you say, in the movie she plays someone who is... a 12-year-old, I think. Yeah, 12. Yeah. And so these these <laughs> really uncomfortable scenes just were like, man, what? Like, why was this part of the movie? Even? Yeah. I mean, they made it a point to show that Alice was menstruating that she's becoming a young woman mm -hmm. that she's being sexually attractive to men i don't know yeah and it didn't seem to have any point i was movie. just angsty teen i was expecting that they would 
have a scene later where she like seduces the landlord to kill him like right. just because that's a horror movie trope mm-hmm. and they don't do anything with that which makes all those scenes where they're talking about how like sexual she is really weird and well here's out of the place. thing i mean the reason that i brought up you know he made this movie he made the x-rated movie and this is his second movie which was funded in a very similar way mm-hmm. his friends gave him money <laughs> uh he did manage to to get funding from like a he must have gotten funding from a studio because he had Hundreds yeah. of thousands of and dollars. It was released. Movie. And it was released. It was released twice. Once in 1978, like I said. That was his actual release. It didn't. Not, not much happened. They re-released it after Brooke Shields became more famous in mm-hmm. 1981. It was released under three different names. Communion, Alice, Sweet Alice, and Holy Terror. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, basically, he didn't have any experience making movies. He just yeah. wanted to make a movie. He was an architect, and he wanted to make a movie. So he made his first movie, and he storyboarded this movie, the second movie, Alice, Sweet Alice. Mm -hmm. Um, The cinematography was really interesting. I think think maybe he had that architectural eye, and he knew how to construct an image in a very, like, pleasing, visually pleasing... Every scene, you could have just... If you could have just taken a still of it, and it would have been an interesting image to see. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot of things through windows and through doors. Like, there's this one scene where Mrs. Stradoni's talking on the phone... And it's filmed from the other room through a doorway where the doorway frames the phone and Mrs. Tredoni. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see all the objects in the other room. Yeah. Sort of around that. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It yeah. really is. And the colors were really nice, too. Mm-hmm. And I love the the up-close uh, shots of people's faces as they're screaming. Um, I think mm-hmm. that that... It, yeah, there was a lot of yelling in that movie. It was all so... Fu- it was. It kind of had a soap opera feel, but like up-close... When they're screaming and yelling, it's like this weird horror movie grotesque feel at the mm-hmm. same time where their faces are contorted. And... and apparently he really loved Hitchcock. And you could sort of see that in some of the way that things were framed, I guess. Sure. I, and there's a... visually, I, I don't know. Um, I guess nobody was getting paid. The only professionals working oh. on it were the cameramen. Okay. Oh. So none and of the actors? they were very dismissive of him. In, in his words, they were very dismissive of him as a director because he hmm. didn't have any experience other than the X-rated movie previously made, he wasn't an experienced director, so they were dismissive of his direction, I guess. But okay. he, because he had so carefully storyboarded everything, he knew exactly what he wanted things to look like. This was absolutely a grindhouse movie. Um, so this was from that era of like really cheaply made horror movies for like a drive-in, sort of. But it, the visual quality in this was way above yeah. those. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was strange from time to time. Yeah. I was going to mention that the man who wrote the music for that movie wrote a lot of songs for Sesame Street. Yeah. Like, a ton. And cool. a song that her dad is very familiar with, it was the theme song for uh, Free to Be You and Me. Na, 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 free to Be You and Me, which was a kid's show hosted by Marlo Thomas, I believe. Hmm. So he that was the that's the kind of music he mostly wrote, and then he did this horror movie. I was gonna say, this movie also. I don't know if this. I assume this came out after Friday the Thirteenth because it has a lot of things that it kind of stole, premise wise. The killer is not the person that you think it is, Mm -hmm. and also there it's an old lady killing a bunch of sinning teens basically. Verify. Yeah, let's verify. Trust but verify. Friday the 13th, you say. Friday the 13th, 
the first one where it's really his mom is killing everybody because, because of her they're child. having yes because the teens are there having sex and being bad teens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh no, it came out after two years. No, the same year. I mean, oh. this movie actually came out in '76. Okay, that's when it was released the first time, but that but it wasn't really released widely, I guess, until 1978. Friday the Thirteenth came out in '78. Yeah, so this, this one came first, technically. Yes, that's technically, interesting. Because this also sets up, like, the next movie, if we made one, would have Alice being the murderer. Yeah. And that's exactly how Friday the 13th yeah. goes. The other thing I noticed in this movie that we've talked about a little bit is there are so many plot threads and themes that go nowhere. But or there's, peter out or show up later and then... Not just not just plot threads, but, like... Characters and... Characters, conversations... Uh, actions that people take, like yeah. for some reason, what the in the middle when the husband and wife, uh, the ex-husband and wife are, they reconnect. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do it, but they don't. Yeah, his his wife calls just yeah. before, and it's like why that had nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, he dies, and then that's well. I was gonna say there's a scene where Mrs. Tredoni makes dinner for. Three priests. Yes. One of whom is an old man that you see come down, like There's come down on an elevator. There's only two scene actually. Oh, and it's oh none, you're right. And it's none of the characters that we. It's like the one guy we saw at the beginning. Yeah. That's the other thing. There's like a rotating they line of priests. This yeah. older priest who needs to have his food cut up for him and demands cake before his dinner, and Mrs. Tredoni's feeding him, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna be. A crazy, like, he's introduced with all these weird character traits in a way of, like, oh, he's going to know Alice is a murderer, or yeah, he's no, going to be a murderer himself. But it's the a... only scene he's in. Yeah. It's him eating, Mrs. Tredoni feeding him, which I guess maybe you could you could infer that that was to set her up as a caretaker of that. Yes, but they introduce this other, they create a whole character in that scene, not in a bad, not, not like, poorly executed. They introduce this new character, and then don't. He disappears. I have yeah. a question about Alice. How come she never gets? How come she never gets communion? And it's always so frustrating for her to like get <laughs> yeah. her wafer. I was, was did she ever get her first communion? I, or you have to. She's older. She's older. And it's so, a Catholic yeah. family. Yeah, you'd have so to she assume she did have it first. Been, she should have gone through all of that stuff yeah. before. But she doesn't in the movie, and the movie makes goes to pains to show that she never gets her communion. Nor in the does movie. Mrs. Turdoni. Right. They specifically, she specifically also doesn't get communion. I there's a lot of Catholic stuff in this movie, and also it was called Holy Terror, and also there's an evil nut caretaker. But the yeah. Catholic themes don't play into the movie hardly no, at all. Not really. Maybe. Well, the priest says, "I can't give you that wafer now." Maybe because he knows she's a murderer, and I think communion is then it's washing away your sins. Right? Yeah, uh, I can see that, but. The other No, I think you're I think you are born reborn. But like it's one of those um the one of the Ten Commandments, so if you break those then you're really shit out of luck. I just the com- the Catholic elements are the motive for the killer, but they don't play into hardly any of a story. I mean if this right. was if they were not a Catholic family and the grandma that Mrs. Tredoni was the landlord who was killing them off because they were sinners or she i mean friday the 13th it's right. that same well, example Terry has a similar theme the mom is father tom very religious but not um, catholic yeah like that doesn't play in hardly at all father tom could have been their priest but he didn't need to be a main character no. i think it was just the creepy aspect of it because if you've grown up catholic like i have like 
It's just right. I, I freaking like creepy. It was for. It seems like maybe it was for the visual aspect. Mm-hmm. Of it. Sure, but that's weird. That is a that is a very loaded theme to put in your movie and not execute on. Right. It's only a notice. It's only run the wrong way. My guess is the flaws in this movie are because the director. Did he who, write it? Who wrote this? He co-wrote it with his neighbor. Oh, okay. Who was not would, a writer. She would just, explain it. She just wanted to write something, so they co-wrote it together. Um, I mean, it was all just kind of like a, I guess, passion project? Like I guess the, so. The room? Is so, that the... Yeah, the room. Uh, yeah. The room. So this was more, this was like the old-timey GoFundMe or Kickstarter <laughs> yeah, thing where yeah. a he guy... He got his poker buddies to get him started. He, start, he had started collecting props before he... Before the movie was funded, he hmm. like over a period. I think he said like two years. Was he, he would just Catholic? see something? Um, his name is Alfred. Alfred Soul. Soul. I I think he might be Italian. Hmm. Um. I yeah. I think that I. I mean that explains it. I I also want to say to the listener, if you haven't seen this movie. I'm, I'm complaining about these plot threads, but that also makes this movie really interesting because you have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I think maybe here this is just a stretch. Maybe they're they're introducing all these characters and all these plot threads to kind of muddy the waters, and maybe you think it's this person who's doing it or that person who's doing it. Sure. Like you don't know, you have an idea that it is Alice under that mask and in that raincoat, but there's a lot of people who are also upset, Auntie. Aunt Annie is upset. Um, the landlord is upset. Now he can't. He can't masquerade in a yellow raincoat. And uh, I don't even think Mrs. Tredoni can fake being no. a twelve-year-old. But they no. seem to make the movie implies that she and could. It, you know, one of the best things about that movie is the costume. Yeah, so good mm-hmm. that you immediately wanted to be that yep. for Halloween. Yeah, that's great. Totally gonna be that for Halloween. I mean, watch out. As a modern movie watcher. Who've seen horror movies? I'm on the I'm on the lookout for tropes and stuff where like, oh, she's a little kid, but she's a killer, so they're gonna build up and nobody's gonna figure out it's her because nobody will suspect a child. And when they suspect a child really quickly, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on in this movie. Like, I can't right. predict what's gonna happen. But which, everybody, I mean, they they which is good. Yeah, because they set it up from the very beginning. She the first part of the movie before Karen gets killed. Sorry, Karen. Oh, sorry, Karen. Before Karen, <laughs> before Karen gets killed, Rip and beat. Um, they show Alice torturing her. Yeah, being mean to There's her the sister. There's the scene in that one building. I don't know why they're in that building. They're Who in like, some abandoned building. Yeah. And she's terrorizing her sister, which she does constantly until her sister is murdered. To it's be fair, just... her sister's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's all this setup to make you think that it's Alice. And I think all the extra characters all the weird plot threads it's all just to kind of make you think like there's a lot of stuff going wrong in alice's life and uh there's a lot of people who are mad at her and maybe it is her but it's not but it's not i mean there's just there's some shagginess to this movie in the writing that is both bad but also you don't i didn't it made it hard to predict because i'm used to a certain efficiency yeah. in like every scene that happens and every character is introduced for a Point. I and don't think it, it's not. I don't I just, think it made it a bad movie. I just remembered no. something about this movie, which makes so, it yeah. somewhat unique. So there is a book. Mm-hmm. Oh. The book was written and was meant to be released at, at the same time as the movie. There was like some sort of deal with I think it was Paramount, maybe, okay. who may have been the ones that released it. They went I think ahead. This and, was Universal. It was the Globe. Whichever one has the Globe, I think that's Universal. Oh, that is Universal. I, but they may be re-releasing. I think I it. Know. I think that was later down the line. But anyway, they there was like a. They had written a book based on the movie, 
reverse order, right? Yeah. Okay. So the movie, the movie plot existed already, and then they wrote a book, <laughs> sure. and their plan was to re- release the book and movie at the same time. Huh. I believe they went ahead and released the book, but didn't release the movie until later. Interesting. I wouldn't want to read that book. No, and I didn't read the book because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The book isn't, does you know, it's not like an adaptation of a book. Also, there's not that much going on. Like, it's not a story where I'm like really want to dig into what's, what's make, makes Mrs. Tredoni tick. Though I do, I do love at the very end where Alice finds Miss Tredoni's bag of tricks, mm-hmm. and she gets this twinkle in her eye, like she's watched <laughs> this woman kill this priest in the church, and she just sees, you know, she becomes. Fascinated. I think that's so, when she becomes fascinated right. by it. So in some ways, this is very much like the boy. That's what I yeah. was about to say. Like the setup of this boy kind of watching his dad eviscerate this deer and kind of being like weirdly, strangely fascinated by... Oh, we forgot the part where he kills the chicken. And he kicks oh, the yeah. chicken until it dies when he's very mad. Like he's watching death happen and instead of recoiling, he's... Attracted. To yes. And just like Alice, yeah. you know, like, oh, that's... When I was watching that that ending, I said, "Yeah, this is a really good match for the boy." Because... Those characters are very similar. Yeah, yes. it's so weird though because like. But the movies, I don't think like as a whole. No, like well, the boy, comment. you know, he's isolated from society, and then he has these these um, psychopathic tendencies. Alice is surrounded by people just everywhere, all around her. People who hate her. People who don't. You know, people who are neutral around her people Mm -hmm. she just is surrounded by everyone and also psychopathic tendencies arise it's just um i don't know it's it's interesting that that two very different like opposite settings could give rise to that like evil twinkle you're making the assumption unlike the bad seed Mm -hmm. you're making the assumption that it's nurture not nature yeah yeah and i so we should talk about the boy, too, now, because we're okay. already kind of going into it. And I had some thoughts. Like, I didn't... So the, the thing that I really liked about the boy, sort of the thing I liked, it's visually very interesting. And the right. sound, so, the music. Oh, I, I was yeah. going to say, in Alice Sweet Alice, the sound was terrible. When they're clomping up and down the stairs, yeah, it's very the, grindhouse the sound scene. work was not good. It's, yeah, it's um, all terrible. The sound in the boy... Oh, it was chilling. Yeah, it was good. The music was good. If the, the music production was good. If the music was any different than these weird mundane scenes of a kid folding towels or a kid opening drawers. I really liked the little kid too. Yeah, he was a yeah. great actor. And I did this movie is not based on a book. It's based on it developed this way. It's based on a chapter from a book mm-hmm. that was written by the writer of the movie. Uh, in coordination with the director. So the director and the writer worked together. They made a short called Hen- Henley. Oh, see, that's, this is why he picks up Roadkill. The short, which I cannot tell if it's supposed to be a horror or not, because I was just looking at like descriptions of it. The short is a short movie about a boy who picks up Roadkill for money. And I can't tell if it's meant to be a horror movie or just to be like... A short Were you about able a weird to find kid. the short? I wanted to watch no. it, but I couldn't find it. But I would have read the chapter, except yeah. I didn't have time to get the book in time to read the chapter. My suspicion, based on this, is that it was a short that was not a horror movie about a boy who picked up roadkill, and then they developed that. Intro, the intro of this movie is the boy picking up roadkill, and they build that out into a horror movie. Right. 
So the book that it's based on is called Miss Corpus, and it doesn't have anything to do, well, the boy is in one chapter of the book. Mm -hmm. The book itself is about two men who uh, come home to find, oh, uh, one, one man comes home from the Navy, I think, uh, he finds his, his new bride dead in their mm -hmm. kitchen. The other man, his son, had disappeared like five years before, and then they find a band full of teenagers at the bottom of a ravine. His son had been killed. Yeah. So they both decide to travel cross country for some reason. One, the the father because his son wanted to go on a road trip. The husband because they hadn't been on their newly on their honeymoon yet. Mm. So he wants to go on the honeymoon, and they drive towards each other, and eventually. And the book ends with them, I believe, colliding with each other. Yeah. And one chapter of the book is this visit to this motel where there's the young, where there's a boy who collects roadkill um, and wants to be a hotel manager or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't. That's a synopsis of the book. That's all I know about it because <laughs> I couldn't read it. Right. I. So one thing that I thought was interesting in the boy is that his dad mostly seems like an okay guy. He's mean. His dad's not he's really very nice time to talk. Yeah, he's strict, I guess, when he like needs to. He needs to. Yeah, stressed out by money. He does love him. Yeah, it's clear. He doesn't clear. recognize that his son has problems. No. He probably sees something. He probably thinks, like, oh, my son is sad because look at this place and look at this life we live. Yeah. I mean, but he doesn't want to do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, his dad is not a good dad, but no. he seems to love his son. The son, I mean... Part of the thing that I that doesn't work for me in this, maybe this is just me personally, is in the boy that Ted has clearly has some problems, some mental health problems for some reason or another, nature or nurture or it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> but basically, he goes from picking up roadkill for money to murdering all the prom people in the course of about a week or two. It's not clear, but not a long amount of yeah, time. It's, not a long time. it's clearly the same season. That person, I mean, the 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 guy, uh, Rain Wilson, is only living there for a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, so he escalates extremely fast and mostly out of boredom and his dad being kind of mean to him. I mean, that's what every time he does something scary in this movie, it's his well, dad yells at him. But we do get, you know, his dad does say, you know, he's tried to escape before. Right. And we know he's trying to get out of there. Of course. But he, his dad didn't say, oh, yeah, he's went to a psychiatric hospital for a month because he beat up a no. baby or something to like say, oh, he's got all these bad tendencies. He's got violent tendencies. So and this, he starts with no violent tendencies, and by the end he murders just everybody. And the escalation of that is he basically keeps seeing... Someone's mean to him. He sees some roadkill or he sees something get hurt, and he goes, ah, I might be into that. Well, and by the, the end money. he's killed everybody. Right. So one thing I liked about it, so at the 36-minute mark, mm -hmm. I needed to get a snack or something, so I paused it. Yeah. I was appalled that only 36 <laughs> minutes had passed so slow. in this one-hour, so 51-minute-long movie. And two hours is not that long of a movie, but it just seemed interminable. Oh, it's um, so slow. It was but what I liked about it, when it got to the end, it was like, it felt like the right pacing, the right amount of time to get from point A to point B, even though I didn't like it, <laughs> and I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. Having watched yeah. it, the payoff was kind of satisfying. I did like watching that building go up in flames. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I've got it some was weird psychopathic. Cool, yeah, and we, yeah, we totally hate those kids. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. uh, it wasn't CGI, and it's so rare that in movies you don't see stuff like 
these days, everything in a movie is CGI, and it's just like, oh, that's like real fire. Yeah, it's such oh, a spectacle. That's real fire on um, being filmed the right now. The boy was really good, too. All the acting was good. Yes, acting, the acting with, in with the boy perhaps was good. the exception of the palm kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's very too boring. slow. It's that genre of things that... Like, oh, you think something scary is going to... Yeah, oh, it's so <laughs> yeah, I'll read Jacob, that review. you have to, you've got to pull up that review. I'll read this. I, it's, it's, so if you've seen The Pretty Thing That Lives in the House uh, and you liked it... Karen's uh, favorite movie. I don't know why you would like that movie, but this is kind of, If you like that movie, you might like this one because a bunch of things don't happen in this movie for a long-ass time and there's no payoff. It's kind of sad because... The acting was good. The music was good. Yep. It was beautiful. Yep. And yet, there was put all those things together. Yeah. It was too slow. Just like in a pretty thing that it lives in the house. It's like thing. what the scary thing that happens in this scary movie is that she gets scared to death. Wow, great. The scary <laughs> thing that happens in this movie is like uh, you know a kid kills a bunch of teens. Oh, that's bad. It's, it is very bad. It's bad, but it's like. Are you saying that's good? No, but it's just like you know when you watch a scary movie, like part of the excitement about the trepidation is that you know it's going to pay off. Right. When like in um in um what movie? Alice was, Sweet Alice. In Alice Sweet Alice, like the yeah. payoff, you know, some scary, some scary things scary happen, parts. and then there's a, a knife in a thigh, a knife in a foot, a knife in the well, neck. You're just like, okay, I'm watching the scary movie. I'm getting what I wanted. I mean, the thing that makes that I liked about Alice and Alice is, you know, by the end she's gonna kill some people, she'll be found out or whatever. But you're surprised when something suddenly something bad happens, or you don't know what's happening. Right. The and last, in the boy, the, nothing. Yeah. That's the ending. When the priest gets stabbed in the neck, that was the biggest surprise. And we all go. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and scared the dog. And... But with the boy, it's just like nothing happens for the whole movie, and then something happens at the end, and then the movie ends. Right. It, you keep it wasn't, waiting. It, yeah. you know, well, there were no startles. Nothing startled me. No. Except maybe the scene where he remembers Rain Wilson's. Been you, pale, when you suddenly you see, see Rain Wilson's body yeah, in the hole, that's you know he's dead by that. But point. even then, it doesn't have any of those. There's no looting buses. No, no, no there's no buses. jump scares. It's just a creepy kid in a ho- like right. looking at watching people sleep. It was creepy but not scary. Let yeah. me. So would you like me to read this goofy review? Yes. Read the review. I have, I have two more thoughts on this. Read the this review. It's so good. Karen and I read on IMDb because I wanted to get a sense of what the boy was going to be like without like spoiling any of it for right. myself. So I saw this. Unusual and absorbing, 9 out of 10. The reviewers who disliked this movie didn't understand it. It's more European in its pacing and story arc. Not for the simple-minded or those who do no outside reading. <laughs> so Condescending much? Yeah. yeah. So that, that, the person, what's the name of the person who wrote that? P.P. Solved. P.P. Solved. Wow, Shout you're such a genius. Solved. I mean, like, I'm just too much of an idiot to understand how great this movie is and you clearly love being bored and you clearly love you know like life is so interesting when nothing happens pp solved you know you just go go suck an egg man it's the weird thing we watched these two movies one by a relative novice filmmaker who made very few movies he made like two the movie he made after this was called yeah Tanya, i wanted to say Tanya something on about the island? tanya's island oh was the movie that um Alf, alfred soul made after oh His after alice movie. sweet alice i thought you were talking about the boy no i'm talking about alice sweet alice he made tanya's island which is about a woman oh it's like a couple stranded on an island 
she's stranded with a an artist who is somewhat abusive, and then she finds this ape man. <laughs> they have sex apparently. Oh, the painter like becomes of the very jealous. It wasn't a movie that he wanted to make. It, it was like. <laughs> but it sounds great. <laughs> Oh, and the woman who played Tanya went on to become some kind of pop star, uh, somehow associated with Prince. Oh. And I can't remember her name. Okay. Uh, Vanity was her Vanity. Name. pop star name. Cool. Um, and then he made Pandemonium, which has a whole bunch of com- comedians in it that I, like Paul Rubens was in it, Bill Ooh. Hartman was in it. Ooh. This is his and last movie, I believe. Uh, it was like a comedy horror okay. movie called that sounds Pandemonium. Great. But that was his last movie. And then he went on to be a production designer, I believe. Um, so he never had success. Paula Shepard, who plays the girl in the movie, Alice, who plays Alice, mm-hmm. she didn't, she was unable to find success. And if you go on Cora, there are people like asking the question, what happened to Paula Shepard? She was so great. She was great. And she only made two movies. Maybe she had it. to finish school and she was like, I don't want to be in movies. I just <laughs> wanted to be, go to school. No, actually, I guess she tried and oh, could not no. get another well, That's weird. She was good in this. And she was good. I believe she moved to Seattle. Oh, oh. we can go find her. And she's still here. She's still living. Um, How old would she be? Fifties. She's about my age. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paula Shepard. I'm Paula Shepard. I'm secretly <laughs> Paula Shepard. Secret twist. Um, One of the things you know, I, I spent a lot of time reading for this movie, but mm-hmm. the stuff I read did not really pay <laughs> didn't, off. Didn't work for you. So it. I read um, a, a book called "I'll Cry Tomorrow." Which mm-hmm. is all about Lillian Roth, who was played a very small part in this movie. She was the sure. pathologist. She um, she was very famous in the 30s, then became a, ter- a very, she became an alcoholic. Like, Uh-oh. no money, yeah. cirrhosis of the liver, for like 16 years, all she did oh, was drink. Geez. And then she uh, was admitted, spent six months in a psychiatric ward, got treated, got out, immediately started drinking again, uh. and found Alcoholics Anonymous, oh. and became quite a big proponent of Alcoholics Anonymous. She was the one who started it? Who found it? No. Oh, she... She was saved by it. Not she founded it. She started Alcoholics Anonymous. Started going to Alcoholics Anonymous. She went to Alcoholics Anonymous and was saved by it. Um, And sort of had a rebirth of her career. She she had a comeback. Um, She was on This Is Your Life and talked about her life as an alcoholic and recovery and... um, that was in the 50s. She was probably in her late... Thir- she started in vaudeville like when she was a very small child, like five years old. So one of the reasons I read the books that I did is because this movie has Brooke Shields in it. Who's yeah. also... And Roth. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that's an angle. Also, it's about... We're watching these movies about children murderers. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. it has these child actors who... Brooke Shields actually did okay. Her mother sure. was an alcoholic and sounded a little bit like Lillian Roth. Like they could have crossed paths. Oh. No, but I mean, my my point was I read these books about these people who had similar lives, but that would make an interesting essay. It mm-hmm. really doesn't have any, that much to do with the movie. The movie. It's just sort of a coincidence that they're both in this movie, one at the beginning of their career and one at the end. I wonder if Brooke Shields was... I wonder if that even occurred to her as a child actress. I mean, she's been... you Like you said, she had been in the showbiz for Yeah, Brooke Shields for life. 11 months old. So I, I would I would think that... There would be a level of awareness of the industry that not your typical, you know, nine well, or and ten. If you watch, I watched an interview with Brooke Shields um, after she was the youngest person on the cover of Vogue, I believe, oh. uh, at the age of 16. Hmm. And I watched an interview with her, and she's so, at, at that age, right mm-hmm. after on Merv Griffin, and she, she's just so poised 
it's very strange. Okay, you guys ready to talk? Yeah. What were we, what were we talking about? Jacob I was going to interrupt question. you with a thing, but I didn't want to do it until you guys had okay, finished Okay, Karen, let's put a purse down first. <laughs> Here. Purse making noise. All right. All right. My oil let's papers. Let's get a brief one moment of silence. Okay, we're back. Uh, so the the reason that I looked up the boy to look at the previous movie is because while we were watching it, I thought there's a lot of loving shots of underage children in this oh. movie. Uh, oh, and a lot of this guy's work does involve children. Yeah. So then I looked. Okay, well maybe this is the director of Jeepers Creepers, who what was is, a famous horror director who what went is to the jail. Director's for, name Craig something Michaels. I can't in the boy? The boy. Okay. So I was thinking maybe this is the horror director of Jeepers Creepers who went to jail for several years for child pornography Ugh. and had some similar problems. No, this is a young man. He's just barely yes. starting. He also movie. directed that, that Jeepers Creepers director also directed Powder, which looks really creepy I... when you go back and watch it now yeah. with that information. There's a lot of children in their underwear. Uh, so then I looked at this guy's, um, this director's filmography, which is pretty limited. And I also thought... It's oh, Craig, it's similar. Craig William McNally. He hasn't been arrested for child pornography, but all of his shorts and movies are about young boys and some of them involving their sexual awakenings and oh, stuff. Oh, dear. Thought, well, there's no way to know. I've never seen these, but uh, it definitely kind of sat wrong right. with me a little From bit. From the very beginning yeah. of his career. That's pretty much been what he's been That's working. all he does. That's really weird. Yeah. So, and, uh, Channel Zero, the show that, the sci-fi show, the yeah. six episode sci-fi show, which we watched, uh, and by we I mean not you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my family watched. My uh, The family that lives in my home watched it. It's a six <laughs> yeah. episode sci-fi show. Sure. Called Channel Zero, but it's based on an internet, a story that was on the internet called mm -hmm. uh, Something Cove. Yeah, you said, you said this earlier uh, and I can't remember what it was. Part of the creepypasta genre. What's right. creepypasta? Children. No. It's the the Are stories they in their about. No. Okay. No, and and it was pretty good. I would actually like okay. it. Okay. It was about a children's show. Okay. So it starts present day, but apparently, you know, like twenty years ago or whatever, there were five murder child murders. Um, God, I need to know the name of the show. Something Cove. Will you look it up while I explain Creepypasta? Please explain Creepypasta, because I know Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, but I not don't related. know Creepypasta. I am not the best person to describe this, so you could probably look up a really good description, but Creepypasta is a term for, there are groups on the internet who share, like, ghost stories. Mm -hmm. um, oh, is that what Candle, it's Candle Cove. Candle Cove. So Creepypasta is the term for the genre of, like, uh, here's a short, almost a short fiction, one page, two page ghost story of like, oh, this crazy thing happened to me one time and people post about this stuff on oh. forums and they're, most of them or all of them are made up, but it is a type of short form, like scary story thing. Slenderman is a creepypasta oh. creature or creation. Right. So Candle of... Cove probably is, would fall into that genre. Yes. It's a short story, and it's... And I think Channel Zero is based on is some based internet on, stuff from this. It is based 100% on Candle Cove. That's all. Okay. It's, it's a six-episode telling of a Candle Cove story. So it's like... Do you remember those books where it's like scary stories, mm -hmm. and it was a collection of, I don't know, like eight short stories contained in one kind of thin yeah. book? 
It's those, just like that. Those were the rage when I was in elementary school. Because the drawings were so terrifying. Yes, the covers were terrifying, and you just like wanted to read those very short, scary stories. So this is so, kind of the modern version of that. Right, and I would say, you know, The Boy was hard to watch because it was so long and boring, drawn out. Mm-hmm. Candle Cove has just your average TV six-episode series pacing. It is definitely horror. Uh, it's the show shows up and then people start, children start disappearing or being killed. Okay. Um, it's really interesting, actually. Very, very good story. I mean, that's the reason. And I... visually very similar. I think I think he had the same cinema, cinematographer as for the boy. I mean, the reason I brought that up is to draw a comparison between these two movies, Alice Sweet Alice and the Boy, which both have sexualized children yeah. without any resolution or consequences. I mean, the yes. boy has a couple scenes where he, like, goes into Rain Wilson's room, this creepy stranger, and mm-hmm. Rain Wilson's like, do you want a quarter? Here, yeah. come closer to me. And then the boy takes the quarter and leaves. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's super weird and uncomfortable. It never goes anywhere in this movie. There is uh, a point where he tries to smother Rain Wilson in his sleep. He does. He's practicing. But I mean that he's, it's a young boy who spends a lot of movie with his clothes off. And an adult man who is a grifter. Uh, And it is the only consequence from that is the dad being like, hey, maybe you shouldn't hang out with my son. And the grifter is like, well, you're kind of a bad dad. He needs friends. And I thought, this is weird. And then he's, even after the dad said, don't hang out with my kid, he still did. I don't know. I think a lot of. No, I was. I I think some assumptions maybe are being made. I didn't get that feel. I got that feeling. I'm kind of used to. You know, maybe I'm just oblivious to stuff like that. I got that feeling. I, got that I looked feeling to see if he was the Jeepers Creepers director. He's not. But then when I looked at his other filmography, I went, but maybe he's, maybe, I, I don't know. I thought that that part of the movie, like, that part of the movie made me so uncomfortable because I was like, yeah. is that guy going to, like, do something to that little boy? And then he's going to kill people because that's what's driven him to madness. And it, yeah. he doesn't. That doesn't happen. But. No. The way that scene's set up, you think, like, that's mm-hmm. where it's going. Mm-hmm. The director's next movie is about Lizzie Borden. Okay. Also, a, a child kid. who mur- murders her parents. I don't know. She's not a child okay. at the time, but she murders enough. her parents. And, oh, well, this won't mean anything to you, but it has uh, the woman that plays the mom in Channel Zero, I mm. assume plays the mom also in Lizzie Borden. She's also in that movie. Huh. She's also in Harry Potter. She's the, she's Harry Potter, she's Harry Potter's aunt. Oh, Aunt uh, Dursley. Yes. Oh. F those Dursleys. Yeah, I hate those people. And I very much liked her in Channel Zero, and I very much liked her costuming. Hmm. First, it was just very realistic for a suburban, basically grandma-aged person in the modern times. It just, for some Wait, reason, it struck me. She, in what? Character? Uh, in Channel Zero. Oh, in a movie I haven't seen. Yeah, yes. in a it's TV a show. show you haven't show. seen. Okay. No, for some reason I looked at it and was like, yeah, that's exactly... That's exactly what a grandma nowadays Did she wear. look like Granny? She looked like my grandma. Yeah, she could, she's wearing <laughs> Granny. You know, just clothes. Yeah, just Granny clothes. A nice sweater from Macy's. I, you know, this is a, a minor nitpick of the boy, but how in the hell did he know how to disable the family's car by just yanking a wire out or whatever? I don't know, he messed with things in his... Yeah. But he, but like, I... must have done it so secretively that they didn't see a bunch of wires hanging out. I'm like, what... How did he disable a car I don't know. Secretly? I actually missed that part. Oh. No. I think yeah. I went into the kitchen or something when he, he did something. It looked like he went into the car kind of to snoop, but specifically to do that. 
Yeah, he goes into the car, what looks like to go... He goes through their stuff, like he does several times. And then he goes under the, the steering wheel, pulls a bunch of wires out, like snips one, and then puts them back, and then cut away later, and the dad's like, oh, the car doesn't start, I don't know how. And I was like, this seems way beyond his his little kid right. abilities. Because he really doesn't do much. He doesn't have a lot of technical time. skills. That scene where he takes that the um, the family's young son when he takes that family's young son to that weirdo tunnel. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, that was creepy. That was so creepy, and I thought yeah. something bad was going to happen. I thought he was going to kill that <laughs> young boy That's the whole movie. and leave him in this like creepy sewer tunnel. But yeah. no, they just shared a warm scene with a flashlight. Yeah, it was like the one time he was happy. Yeah, he, he likes his rabbit too. When he had a friend. Yeah, he didn't kill the rabbit. I thought, thought about that it. Rabbit was going to die a yeah. hundred times. Yeah, he considered it, and he doesn't. <laughs> I. This is a, another nitpick, but I thought was I thought of it while we we're doing, watching the boy. Is I was expecting and hoping, I guess maybe just from horror movie tropes, that he would have killed the prom teens using some of the skills you saw him build up as a killer, like building traps or tricking people onto the road, mm-hmm. and then he just burns them all. Yeah. <laughs> he sets fire to the building, and I was like. Well, they should have maybe built that up a little bit with him enjoying fires or well, something. He, or just like Deb said, you know, he asked that guy about, "Hey, did you watch the? Did you watch he did. his wife burn?" But that or didn't something. even occur to me that there was any connection. So that wasn't well. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. developed. If he had built a trap or something for these teens, I would have been like, "Oh, because he's been building up to this." Or if he had burned something. Yeah, or if earlier he yeah. just... Because he got a lighter, I think, from the guy. Yeah. Right, and he had spoken to that guy about people dying in fires. So if, if he, he had then lit a fire and burned something, like if he killed the chicken if, and then burned it. If, he, if he's on playing with the gasoline cans, that would also... It would also help later when he does that to establish their gasoline cans and, he, and a bunch uh, of stuff and, here. And he knows how to do that. Right. Like, how did this kid know how to do any of this, really? Like, to, I don't know if I... I don't, if I were a yeah. kid, like, nine years old, and he didn't really have working channels in his, you know, didn't, it seemed like Yeah, they, he seems uneducated, there's right? There's no, there's no internet, there's no real TV he watches. Like, how did he know how to do all this? Yeah. It was not developed. No, that was mysterious. This is a little uns- I also was like, how come these or, teens are locked in? Yeah. So, how did he lock up the doors to his motel out in, from the outside so the people inside couldn't? leave but i was like yeah. well the doors are too hot at that point for them to even try and open maybe i, I guess so but but they you got the window well. or i don't know that part but that was that was side <laughs> also one of those built rooms had a side window which is why he crawled in earlier but I, that was all aside from like oh he's he didn't knows how to burn stuff i guess yeah, if we had seen him maybe, like, magnifying an ant. Sure. And <laughs> that would be like, plenty. Yeah. And right. you'd be like, oh, so... Well, he... that's the other thing. So, you know, one of the things about sociopathy, I guess, is, you know, harming animals. Yeah. But he was nice to his rabbit. Didn't mm-hmm. kill the rabbit. He did kill a chicken when he got angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the most part, he didn't kill anything. No. He tried, I He guess. tried to kill the dog, which... Was, you know, in some ways, getting back at the dog for scaring him earlier. He accidentally kills Rain Wilson, or accidentally-ish. Right, accidentally Who, who is, who is you know, training to beat him up. Right. Like, he kills a bunch of people who hurt him. Um, yeah, well, he says, 
Um, Rain Wilson's character says he's not going to take him to Florida like he said he would. Yeah. And that's when this happened to Rain Wilson's character. I also have to say that I think chances are if the story continues, he will not get away with this at all because he didn't cover up anything. He's He's just a child. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike Mm -hmm. the Bad Seed, who actually tried to, uh, who actually hid what she was doing. It was very manipulative Mm -hmm. people. He didn't have that skill. No. And there's no reason why he would. No. He doesn't, he's not around people. And he yeah. doesn't plan anything in advance. This is all, he gets angry and then lashes he responds. out. So, I mean, like, you're saying that his psychopathic tendencies are so, I don't really know what the <laughs> difference between psychopath and sociopath I mean, is. it's kind of made up for this movie, too. Um, I think, like, yeah, it ramps up, but at the same time, his skills are so rudimentary, like what we're talking about, like you see the emotional material for what could later on become a very like cunning and manipulative um, psycho. And then, and then just like, I guess with the Alice, sweet Alice, you know, like all you see all this like emotional material of, of people blaming her for all this stuff and like people mistreating her. And then um, she sees this pivotal scene of death, in front of her, and then she kind of was like, oh. Oh, this is my path. Yeah. I mean, the reason that doesn't work for me in The Boy, but does work for me in Alice, Sweet Alice, is in Alice, Sweet Alice, the, when you think it's Alice, I mean, assuming that Alice was actually the killer, she is wearing a mask and covering, she is trying to cover up her, her crimes or her attacks, and mm-hmm. they're very violent. In The Boy, he doesn't intentionally harm anyone for a good portion of this movie, he doesn't try to cover it up at all, and he just basically gets away with it through nobody showing all that much interest in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like he's not gonna—he's not that clever. He's not gonna get away with it. And the fact that at the end he kills a whole bunch of people to me seemed out of out of whack with what you've seen from him so far. He basically accident—he may or may not have intentionally killed Rain Wilson, but over the course of a week he goes from. But Zero to sixty. He also got beaten up really bad. He did. Oh, sure. That's like, terrible. Beaten near, you know, maybe nearly to death. Who knows? I don't I know. I think what you do see is that he doesn't, is that, and maybe why, maybe a way that it works is that he sees things get killed. Yeah. He, he kills the deer, for example, or doesn't kill the deer. No. Mostly kills the deer. Yeah. sees that the deer is alive and suffering, but doesn't appear to respond to it. He has no empathy, and I think they show yeah. that well. No, I think they do. But mm-hmm. do you think, from the way that, what you see in the movie, do you think that the character of the boy has no empathy and no interest, or is ritualistic and really interested and excited by death? I think he has no empathy and sees, maybe this is the first time that he's seeing it, right? Sure. So he kills mm-hmm. the deer, he sees it, it... I think he is fascinated by death. Yeah, absolutely. And he, there are statements that he makes that sort of support that. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't feel what a normal person would feel about it. And I think they do do that well. Yes, that works. I think and, that was that And cool I think scene. you could you could say that an escalation of that type would be possible. Because he sees it, and then he goes after it. He chases after it. I just, to me, the movie, to me, was building. He's really curious about death he doesn't really care if people get hurt or not people or animals or whatever yeah he doesn't really give give a shit one way or the other but at the end when he puts on his ritual helmet and stuff and then burns everybody to death what what worked for me was him looking at his dad who's dying and just being like yeah 
But him, like, going out and killing people, to me, was not that character up to that point. Yeah. He it's, was more of a, someone who was well, like, if he died, great. I, I think it, if he hadn't had, if it hadn't seemed ritualistic, where he put yeah. the stuff on his face, put the ashes on his face, and put on the thing, if he had missed those two steps and just killed them, it would have been more consistent. Yes, yeah, I agree. Like, what I would think would have been a more more interesting ending, or maybe would have fit more, is he accidentally sets fire to the hotel, sees it's on fire, and goes good you know That's as opposed to intentionally doing this but if it just was this escalation of like he's playing with matches oops i dropped one on the motel yeah oh i'm not gonna tell anybody and i'll lock all the doors now that things are already out of but hand the thing with scary movies is like you gotta have that scary visual and so yeah the reason why you know they put him in the horns and they put him with a with the ashes on his face you know like they really had to make him seem like he's more animal than human sure and and they had to do it you know for the special effects of having that having like a scary clip to show for a trailer i mean it's the it's the picture on the box it's it's almost as if they had an image and then they made a movie to fit that image but they didn't do it i just needed more of that earlier in the movie and then when it happened at the end i'd be like oh great this makes sense but yeah it was just uh yeah. I don't know, a boring film that was I, also beautiful. That's what I think is the magic of Alice Sweet <laughs> Alice. I think it was all accidental, for one thing. Probably. I, I don't know that it was intentional, but Alice, she does this, she does a ritual. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem out of place at all for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has her candle that she lights and all of her Trinkets. sister's belongings that she has stolen from her, including the weird baby doll. Yeah. Um... She does this weird ritual. She is obviously insane. Yeah, she wears the mask and they... And she's not the murderer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at all. She's just a teen going through the motions. (laughs) She just got her period. She's just as sociopathic as the boy, too. Sure. Maybe even more. Her face is just completely flat. The guy gets stabbed in the neck at the end. Her face is completely emotionless. She doesn't care. She's walking out. She's got the knife. And she's like, oh, I think this okay. is my, this is yeah. what I know what I'm going to do I now. guess she's like, hey, if that lady can do it, and so everyone's I. already thinking it's me, then why not me? <laughs> it reminded me that at the very beginning of Sweet Alice, Sweet Alice, the title, or I guess the credits, there is a mysterious woman in a veil with a praying to a crucifix, which at the end it was revealed as a crucifix with a knife at the end of it. Oh, yeah. It has nothing to do with anything. And it was it just has, a great image. Right. It has nothing to do with anything. There's a veil in the movie, but so nobody has it. So maybe we could draw a connection between the weird animalistic themes that have nothing to do with the actual movie and the boy, mm-hmm. and the Catholic And themes. the pedophilia, and some of the other Yeah, animals. that don't really have anything to do with the true story of, like... The, not the true story, with the actual story of, um, Alice. you know, Alice. Yeah. They're definitely connections, it's just for stuff sure. to make a movie scary. And... Wow, you could so draw a line, though, from the bad seed to the boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, just definitely. A complete, it's like a straight line from yeah. one to the next. Yeah. Boy, both. But the boy is stinky. Don't don't see it. It looks mm. great. This don't. I just like... I, I, see like, know. I like the, the sound effects. The guy who... Yeah. The guy. The little kid who played the boy was very good. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And the, his dad, that actor who... The actor who was he's in good. 12 Monkeys. Too, yeah. Name. I can't remember. Yeah, we were Frank trying to figure great. out... Uh, I don't know. I thought that it's just one of those lame, scary movies where it yeah. looks 
pretty, but there's nothing to watch. Right, I think they were going for a more artistic Yeah. Video. Yeah, it just wasn't executed super well. Well, yeah, and it didn't scare me. I also think, I do think it's funny because the boy, as beautifully shot as is, they must have made that for $50. Like, there's nothing in that movie. Right, it's one, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. location. Until the very end, there's no special effects or anything you need to do. Not even really any actors in that movie. There's maybe yeah. like 10 or less. Yeah. You yeah. suppose they really burned down that motel? Yes, they had to have because it, you, you, it was not a special effect. I don't right. know how they did it. I loved that motel, though. Like, it's a clearing out in the middle of nowhere that they just kind of slather on haphazardly some asphalt, and then they build this, like, five-room motel on this terrible piece of land, and it's just, you drive in, and part of the driveway just turns into dirt. I just love it. And then the pool, the pool is just this tiny little well. In, in front of the motel. I mean, uh, it just, it looked so desolate, but in a way, it was also beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, to see... It's hard to believe that dad really cared decay. that much about So yeah. good, so good. I mean, that's his, that's the only life he knew. He should have t- taken better care of it if he, he loved it so have, much. He should have taken better care of it, but he can't help it if, like, a, you know... If all your tourists, cleaning is done by a nine-year-old. If a tourist <laughs> town, suddenly the attraction's gone and no one comes there anymore. Like, yeah. It, it had its heyday. <laughs> Mountain Vista was famous for something. I don't know if they ever made that clear in the movie. The no. Vista? I guess he said <laughs> something about it. It's just it looked great. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. All right. Well, you have any other recommendations? For scary movies? Yeah. Hmm. We watched The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. Uh, they were entertaining. One part scared me so badly by accident. <laughs> so I was put messing around with my laptop. And I was putting my laptop away as I was walking by the TV, my big screen TV, is just when some monster showed up on top of a dresser and it scared me so bad I ran in the other room. I had to run away. We watched uh, we watched Scanners as a family. Oh, that's true. I love Scanners. I also love Scanners. How did you feel about Scanners, Mom? This is my recommendation. I mean, I like David Cronenberg movies. I think it's one of his better ones. It's an interesting premise. Is that Shut It Down? No. Oh. Have you so, seen The Brood? No. No, I've never seen that. Is like his first movie or something? Uh, it sounds early. really interesting. I was reading about it earlier today. Early in his career. Sounds gross and interesting. I've seen almost all of his movies because I really like him. And his last few, as he's grown up as a director, he's gotten further away from horror movies. And he just uses lots of horror elements in dramas now. So he directed Eastern Promises, which I think was up for oh, Best Picture. Yeah. And it has a lot of horrible imagery in it, but it's not a... Scary movie. I've seen Eastern Promises. Yeah. Although I can't right now recall what Do you it's remember about. a nude sword fight or nude knife fight in a bathhouse? Because that's yeah. the most memorable oh, that scene. That would be horrifying. Viggo Mortensen stabs a guy in the eye in a naked fight. Ugh. Um, and he also did uh, the movie about Freud and Young and their female friends. Oh, yeah. oh, we watched that. That, that, that was a, a good movie. Yeah, and it was a really funky movie, too. Yeah, and it's full of gross, creepy imagery, too. Yeah, it sure is. I don't know. I, I, I want to watch more scary movies where like it's more balanced. Of like, there's that fear, there's that trepidation, and then like something scary mm-hmm. actually happens, and then you you don't know when it's coming. But I don't want to 
watch a movie where, you know, it never comes at all. And you're just like, oh my God, yeah. like I just wasted two hours sitting here. <laughs> I'm waiting it, to be scared. I, I'm, I'm going to be excited. Excite me now. I heard some cool music and I saw some cool scenes and I have nothing to show for it and no ideas to discuss. Well, we are discussing it on this podcast <laughs> about how lame it is, but... The Conjuring um, is very basic. It will... There's jump scares and, you know, they solve a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean, I will say for this, for what it's worth, I thought Alice Sweet Alice was really fun. Yeah. It's a movie I'd never heard of and assumed was going to be terrible and was not. Recommend Alice Sweet Alice. Don't recommend The Boy. If you want to watch something in the Friday the 13th Halloween, like, 70s grindhouse horror movie vein... If you've never heard of this movie, go see it. This is great. But yep. it's it's kind of it's like more subtle it than is. those movies. It's it's um almost elegant, like the way sure. that the knife comes out when you least expect oh, it, my and gosh. it really <laughs> digs in when it does. It's it's yeah. it's not cheesy. It's not um it's not over the top. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, and that is like the elegance of that movie. It's just the scary stuff happens and. You don't know what to deal. You don't know how to deal with it when you're watching it, yeah. except to scream. <laughs> I think something else that we watched was the Cell, which I wanted to watch because oh. we watched the Fall, which is by the same director. I've seen Cell. Carson I don't think it's the Cell. I think it's just Cell with no, Jennifer. No, it's the Cell. Lopez. Pretty sure. Yes, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, who mm-hmm. I adore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I saw Vince him in Vaughn. theaters when I was like. When it when I must have been like fifteen, so it was like the first scary movie I'd seen in the theaters. I do not remember some of the. It's not a great movie. No, it's not. It's got some really beautiful visuals. Totally That's worth the only reason looking to see at. It. Yeah. Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, yeah, I adore him for cool. a reason, and he's great. The plot makes no sense. It's plot just garbage. It's real bad. Um, but and I didn't remember how horrifying he was as a serial killer. He was pretty grotesque. Yeah. Oh. So have you seen The Cell, Karen? No, but I have another movie to talk about. It's kind of Inception is the premise. They go into a serial killer's dreams he, to find out coma. where a... Or, yes. He's in a coma. He has a, some kind of mental disorder that causes eventually causes schizophrenia and then for you you eventually fall into a coma in some kind of dreamlike state. Mm. So he, they have a technology to go into his dreams to, in to, to find out where the right, ladies are... Okay. Being killed, right? Okay. So he so he's just... a serial killer of women. He has a very he has a very specific technique. He's been escalating, falls into a coma. Jennifer Lopez is the technician, I guess that the dream that, weaver, the dream psychologist who goes yeah. into people's uh, coma dreams and tries to give them treatment. So yeah. she goes in to try to find out where the woman is, and mm. it takes a certain. They know from his pattern. It takes a certain number of. Days due to for stupid, him to... due to a stupid plot, they have to find this information out <laughs> very quickly. Within a certain amount okay. of time, right? Okay, um, but it's just nightmarish ones. imagery. I have already, I already recommended the fall because it was such a beautiful movie. Yeah, um, and this movie has some very beautiful scenes. Do the special effects hold up? I kind of feel like they would. Yes. Okay. Oh, one hundred percent. The scenes, the beautiful scenes are just extraordinary. Yeah. The thing I remember is there's a scene where she sees a horse in the guy's. In the dream world, there's a horse, and then a bunch of glass comes oh, yeah, down yeah, yeah. and chops up the horse, and oh. then accordions out all into into, into slices, slices of a horse that are still alive. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just it's it's horrifying imagery. It's not a very good. Who's movie. the director? Who's Carson Singh is the name. Ooh, of the what director. a cool name! 
Yes. What was um, your recommendation? Oh, well, so this is a movie that I watched with Annie. Annie, if you're listening, hello. Annie. Um, are you okay? <laughs> 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 anyway, we, um, we watched The Invitation, and this was a movie mm. that came out on Netflix mm-hmm. this year, I think. Um, is it Japanese? No, it's, I'm not sure if it's a Japanese director or what, but it's, um, it's about this, the shit that goes down at a dinner party, um, in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, is that with David Hyde Pierce? I, is David Hyde Pierce? From, from Frasier. No, I don't think he's in this, but it's just a bunch of young 20-something hipster people who meet up at this dinner party with um kind of a long lost friend sort of person mm-hmm. like there was a family tragedy that occurred that broke a husband and his wife up and then um after years just not talking to each other she invites them and all her past friends to a dinner party and um it escalates into um well you should watch it <laughs> watch it find out you liked it though it, I did like it and it, it was it was one of those movies too where it's like a lot of um there's a lot of buildup, and you don't know when the scary thing happens. But actually, scary stuff does happen. <laughs> um, so it's it was cool. Um, I was thinking the audition. Oh, yes. the audition. I was thinking of the host, which is a scary I love movie. The host. That's or not the host. The yeah, the host is a Korean. Yeah, it is about. Uh, a I'm gonna have to look up this David Hyde Pierce movie. I'm thinking of which. Yeah, I... oh, the host Sorry. was so good. I remember Jacob and I watched that. Yeah. Have we talked about Green Room? We had yeah. in this. In this I, I hadn't seen it when you guys had, but I oh. have seen it since, and it was very good. Yes, that's a grindhouse sort of movie for sure. Oh, yeah. And boy, was that fun to watch. I <laughs> Patrick Stewart is evil. Yes. An evil Nazi. Oh, God. It was so cool to watch that movie. I mean, if you're into scary movies, watch <laughs> The Green Room. It's good. Does anybody get out alive? I guess that's a spoiler. Yeah. Sorry. Couple of people do, but you have to watch it to find out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What other scary movies? Well, we could probably move on to the drink. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cocktail. Drink segment. Drink segment. I'm gonna find drink out who this segment. one movie I'm thinking of with David Hyde Pierce, but that's. Let your mom talk about the drink. Yeah, talk I about the drink. Talk about the drink. Well, okay. So the hardest part of the drink was the condiment <laughs> or uh, the garnish, I guess. Um. Originally, I just wanted to do. Something with a scary knife. I just wanted that bloody knife, um, but I couldn't find a knife suitable that I could use as a drink garnish. Mm-hmm. And I eventually ended up making a, a baby doll head that is similar to the baby doll that's yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. out of uh, some candied ginger and uh, fondant. We didn't talk about the baby doll, which really has no bearing, but it's on the poster if you want to compare. Yes, it's just it's a part of the movie poster, and it's a baby else. doll with three faces. Yeah. Which is weird. It's just weird. And it's just there. It's Karen's baby doll, and she mm-hmm. steals it at some point. Not <laughs> mine. Her baby doll. The movie was... shields Karen. So I made these fondant baby doll heads. They're so um, creepy. And I yeah. learned how to make fake blood, which is made, edible fake blood, which is made mm-hmm. out of chocolate syrup, corn syrup, and red dye. Mm. Tasted good. It did look like I, I had spilled some all over my face and sweater, and uh, when I wiped off my face and sweater, it really did look like blood on the napkin. It, it was cool. But the drink itself, I was making some um, ginger-infused vodka for my sister for Christmas, so I had some ginger, so I made some ginger syrup, 
and I wanted it to be super flavorful. Mm -hmm. And the, the first batch was just, eh. It's hard. So I ended up making lemon ginger syrup, which tastes great. It tastes mm -hmm. like lemon sour candy. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, I added, oh, shoot. I left out an ingredient from oh, the no. drink. What, the what is it? Ginger? Ah, yeah. that's the kind of ginger in it. Oh, okay. oh man, I didn't make it, the drink I was supposed to. It, it had good. the candied ginger in it. It did have some candy ginger. It yeah. was a good baby. We ate the baby. Yes. We ate that baby too. Very lemony drink with some supposed to have some ginger in it. Yeah. Um, and then the baby head, which takes about a half an hour to make, so I don't Ooh. recommend Yeah. You gotta make them in advance. You gotta look at the picture because the um, artistry with which Deb had carved this fondant mm -hmm. into a baby's face <laughs> is just um, astounding. It is very top. It is top notch. It's very cool, and each baby's head had its own different um, expression. So um, check it out. hashtag Decades Podcast, and you'll see it. Yes, and I, yeah. you know, I have written blogs for each one of the episodes yes. now. So so you'll have describe <laughs> you know, how I got to the drink and the drink recipe and all. And I, in the interim, I made a Christmas drink because of the blood tech thing. <laughs> made me think of candy cane, so I made a bonus Christmas drink. I had that Christmas drink. Blood drinks, also makes me think of candy canes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very red. It was delicious. It was very sweet. Peppermint. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The movie I was thinking of with David I. Pierce, The Perfect Host, based on the short story, uh, The Host. Uh, <laughs> but that's the one, which cool. was a pretty entertaining movie. Uh, so, the last thing we do on this podcast is briefly talk about what we're going to watch next. Yeah, what are we going to watch are, next? Which we have uh, discussed. It's a video drama from the 80s. Another Cronenberg classic. We've made it to the 80s. It'll be our seventh episode. Uh, we're going to watch video drama and Unfriended. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it. Nice. I am interested in Unfriended because it's all, as I have read, filmed on devices. So, mm -hmm. that it's from the perspective of... Yes. devices. If you want to see a movie genre built out of how cheaply you can make a movie, that's where <laughs> horror movies come to play. Oh, we got a hotel with a little kid. He's a, he's a killer. We got some computers. <laughs> I got my phone. my phone. There's yes. a killer on my phone. Someone filmed me on my phone in the dark. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So we're going to go into the 80s. What's going to be our 90s film? I know what our 90s film is, and I'm super excited to watch Don't it. Don't tell us. I haven't seen it since the 90s, and it scared me real bad. What is it? All right, let's, we'll find out You'll next find out time. time. Ah! On Decades. <laughs> <laughs> happy Halloween. <laughs> happy New Year's. Oh, happy New Year's. Oh, yeah, happy. happy New Year's, everybody. Bye. We're 2017. It's finally here. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Yay. That's the true scary story. <laughs> Happy New Year! Alright, we're done. Yeah, look at all these kidney stones. Why? Those look like really big kidney stones. We should have that as a sound bite for our next.